Welcome to CaptureQ. This week's guest is Rose Archie, co-founder of Nations, a nonprofit aimed at empowering Indigenous youth to embrace their right to self-determination through the positive impact of skateboarding. Archie is also the organizer of Stop, Drop, and Roll, a women's skateboard contest hosted annually in Vancouver. In this episode, we speak about her experience organizing punk concerts in her early years and how that led to her strong community involvement today. We also discuss why she believes it's important to be a role model for the youth coming up skateboarding today. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Tracy. Thanks for having me. It's so nice to have you here. So I want to start with, you are clearly you're a skateboarder, but you're also an activist in, in uh, many respects. You care a lot about Indigenous issues and in getting youth out to be active. And uh, if you want to just give a intro, I guess, on yourself. Um, so growing up basically in the middle of nowhere, I grew up on a reserve called Canham Lake on the unceded territory of the Shuswap Nation. It was really tough to get inspired, like in person, I would flip through magazines, um, skate like concrete powders and SBCs when I was a kid. And in my teen years, the closest skate parks were Williams Lake and Kamloops. And me and my sister, we would hitchhike, uh, depending on which way the car was going <laughs> or like where the punk show was at. So we would take off quite frequent and go skate different communities. And, and then that kind of led us into like putting on punk shows. So kind of creating our own skate community punk shows and like I didn't know about that part yeah so skateboarding really like got me thinking about like community at an early age and like if no one was doing it like I wanted to do it yeah, yeah. interesting so you mean if if no one was doing it in a way of that you know was it people just people around you weren't or girls weren't or kind of I guess expand on that a bit kind of like the scene like because we're talking like the mid 90s so like putting on a punk show in 100 mile which was the closest town to the reserve nobody was really putting on punk shows so we would like get bands from like Calgary Whistler Kamloops Vernon oh no way um and they would come over and play and yeah. And so how would you find out about these bands just kind of... Oh, geez, back Because I would have been before the internet, right? Yeah, back then <laughs> it was like posters. Like oh, you neat. would get a flyer from someone or they would have posters up at like the punk show before. Yeah. Um, yeah, so weird, like no internet back then. Yeah. Um, probably would have changed the, the game a oh, bit. For sure. As, of, as far as finding other people that skate kind of close by so that experience must have been useful for the events you put on today um if you want to talk a little bit about those actually um i put on a contest called stop drop and roll and it's for women and i usually incorporate like a punk show after the contest to keep like that's me that's my roots like and have like girl bands come and play or like lead the lead singers like a girl so yeah so I guess those two cultures or interests kind of intertwined a lot. Yeah. And, you know, like the bands that I was listening to, they were so political. But back then I had really no idea. Like propaganda, they talk a lot about like the Canadian system and like 
when you're 14, 15 listening to that and you're like, wait a sec, voting and like the whole, you know, things that you don't really talk about when you're skateboarding, they're mm-hmm. like in the music kind of the messages. <laughs> that is neat. Cause you're, you have a strong interest in politics now. Um, so I guess, you know, you're, you're finding a community, you're skateboarding a lot, but then what, what kind of sparked your interest in wanting to get involved in, in having a say in, in public policy. And I think just, you know, being aware and like helping where you can or learning where you can. Um, and definitely having friends that are interested in it as well. Mm -hmm. Um, with skateboarding wise, you can say, you can speak and say and be heard as opposed to back then, You know, like back then I was scared to even say that I was like indigenous when I first moved to Vancouver. So the stereotypes there Mm -hmm. definitely when people find out that I'm like native and the stereotypes would be like, oh, you get free education, you don't pay your taxes. And then you think about like an answer to give someone. And for me, I'm very Mm non-confrontational. I do like to teach people rather than belittle them or make them feel stupid because that's not the case usually you know when you meet someone and they are ignorant to Mm -hmm. whatever it is you're standing up for or believe in um yeah so for me it's been nice to like actually have a voice and get a voice and let people know and you know like even with social media telling people like the next powwow or like, you know, like trying to get like some of my own culture and history out there, which I wouldn't have done like 10 years ago, mm-hmm. five years ago, maybe. So like the whole politics side is very like something that I'm still learning. And it's very neat that Canada has history of like the first indigenous woman in the cabinet. Um, you know, like our, my reserve I'm from, uh, she's a female chief and like, you know, I I even find that's rare um, mm-hmm. and it's something that's going to be new going into the future. So like having strong women in my bloodline, um, my mom, she's a master's in education, um, oh, no way. was a principal awesome. for 30 years and was getting paid like $2 and 85 cents an hour, she was saying, oh, and wow. like raising four kids and so, you know, when you, you talk about politics and like, like kind of like the, the way I was raised too, like on the reserve, um, and like, you know, being a nation that wants to govern themselves and knowing about the treaty and the treaty rights and mm-hmm. like, it's like ongoing education. And I, I really feel like. I'm asking more questions now every time I go home, you know, whether it would be a lot of conversation does go around like the residential school. Um, And I do find like with Reconciliation Canada right now, there's a huge push to like educate our younger youth. And um, yeah, I just, it's funny to like make skateboarding in with like, you know, the current issues going on in Canada. It's, mm-hmm. it's ongoing. So other than Stop, Drop, and Roll, you've put on some other contests as well. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and, and their effect that you saw kind of in the community? Um, well, other than 
uh, stop, drop, and roll. Um, I put the first contest on six years ago, and I realized back then that there wasn't as many groups, and people were just meeting, um, like people were meeting people like their future best friends at stop drop and roll oh wow. and like they were getting their first skateboard that they won at a contest that we gave to them um for participating so it was so neat to see after that and to have girls come up to me and be like hey you taught me how to ollie or you taught me how to like pop oh, shove wow. and, and um so since then uh there's been groups like chick flip uh the late bloomers uh, the hot skate moms. Um, Cute. <laughs> there's there's quite like so the culture and like the the female representation, the women, the trans. You know, like it's it's definitely gotten a lot bigger, mm-hmm. and um, I feel grateful that like you know a lot of the girls that did come and support my event have started something on their own. Oh and, wow! And like um whether it be like a meetup or it's like, I guess anything, it's like such an art form. Mm-hmm. Which is neat because it kind of, you know, it, the idea of organizing and, and whether it's to incorporate everybody or make people, you know, feel like they can be part of something, it might, you know, ignite that in them to, to then think like, Oh, Hey, I can do this too. And yeah. And do their own. Yeah. I liked what you were saying, um, just about, about with being an activist or caring about an issue and, um, not being a confrontational person. Cause I'm the same. I was, you know, part of an anti-war group and I, I found it difficult. You don't want to, you know, even if you would stand outside a military recruiting organization, you don't want to yell at the men going in and you don't want to yell at the men coming out or, mm-hmm. or, you know, at any, any protests. You don't want to be, to in your face because it can deter people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously that's not for everyone. There, a lot of people are very effective in being, you know, the louder kind of angrier person. But um, it is neat that you you find that you can still have a voice and, and speak about these issues and not needing to be angry or belittle someone because they don't know. Or Yeah, I feel like I've been in those shoes before, you know, and like... It is, it's so true. Some of the things I've, that have been crossing my mind, um, really thinking about the, the youth is, um, it does take a whole community to raise a child. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love about skateboarding is like, everyone is so loving and caring. And like, even when you travel the world, you'll see someone with a skateboard and you'll give them like the head nod and like the smile and, I feel like with a lot of other sports, you can't really do that. Yeah, so like going to a different country and not being scared to be like, hey, what's what's the deal here, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And just listen. Yeah. And in terms of using um, just now the community to raise a kid, community is just, you know, we're seeing more and more. It's just so apparent that community is so important for you yeah. know, people who are feeling isolated or people who are feeling down. It's it's just such a, all of the, the neuroscience kind of research is showing how important it is on our minds. Yeah, I did feel like when I moved to Vancouver, I kind of lost connection with my own community. And like mm-hmm. I was saying before, I wouldn't really tell people that I was like indigenous. Um, even today, they're like, you know, what, what would you prefer to be called? And 
so even with that, I'm like, so like, I don't know, whatever is comfortable for you, you uh, know, I'll say. And like, but it's very interesting when, you know, you get called like an Indian or like just like, cause I grew up with a bit of racism and a bit of bullying. And mm-hmm. I feel like if it wasn't for skateboarding, I wouldn't be like, you know, kind of, I don't know, I'm trying to describe myself right now, but like mm-hmm. it kind of made me stronger, you know, cause skateboarding is an independent sport where it all comes from your thought process. Like, am I going to land this trick or my feet correct? So like kind of passing that through and just, you know, I love skateboarding. You learn at your own pace. And I feel like that's the same with like gaining knowledge or like learning about anything really Mm -hmm. that's an interesting parallel because i know that there are are tons of people that are really interested in politics or you know any issue that is is affecting their communities and they didn't necessarily have to go to school and learn at that pace of the four-year degree Mm -hmm. so that is really interesting because i mean i have met so many people who are just brilliant and they didn't learn in school they picked up a book and they learned at their own pace and that that's a neat parallel i've never thought because skateboarding isn't you know going with a team somewhere and and making sure that you have to go to practice at this hour and it is all it's you and if you don't show up for a month you don't show up for a month and come back later yeah (laughs) exactly (laughs) which is very unique for for a for a sport right yeah so when you um when you were in when you came to vancouver what was it that um like did you initially just know i really want to skateboard or did you find you know a community here what was it that kept you here um, I would come to Vancouver in the nine, like the late nineties for the slam city jams. And I was at the end of high school era. Mm-hmm. So like even coming to Vancouver and being like staying and going to the contest and like, I felt that right away, you know, like, wow, I want to move here. Um, but the, the kind of the backstory was I was like 12 years old and I was downtown and I was talking about how I wanted to work downtown Vancouver. And then I got a job at Van City Credit Union and was working right in the business district. Oh, wow. And I was like, wow, you know, like little things I would say throughout my life, like in that this is what I want to do. Like, you know, I wanted to come to Vancouver and skateboard. And like, I didn't want to come here for school or like any, which I should have probably done school a bit earlier, but. Um, the skateboarding community just like really kind of took me in and it was kind of smaller back then because there wasn't as many parks either. But Mm -hmm. like, I know a lot of these guys that they, when they met me in 2001, 2002, I still know them now and they, they're like married and have kids and, and I'm, you know, still kind of doing the same old, not same old, but (laughs) like the skateboarding, the work. Um, and yeah, I feel like with the, well, actually when I first kind of moved here, I did a contest, two contests at Bonzer and I had like 90 kids enter the skate contest Oh wow! and, um, I had, you know, like it was really cool. That was like me saying like, okay, can I do this? And I'm going to try and like, oh neat. so 
And then seeing an outcome. And so yeah. how did you advertise for that? Was it similar to what you did with the punk shows with, yeah, you know, just posters? Poster, and, yeah. Wow. A poster pre and like, I'm not on Facebook, but like, you know, I'll get someone that's on Facebook to be like, Hey, you want to start an event page for me or something? Oh, like neat. Yeah. Which that is, you know, for all the faults that we have with big tech and especially Facebook, there is that one component that you can have an event and mm -hmm. post it for free. And anybody, you know, that's interested on Facebook can look within their vicinity and see what's going on tonight. And yeah. so that is, is going to one, one net positive, I guess that they still have going on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very neat. What is it that, because now, you know, when I see you out there and you're, you're, you know, in the Vancouver Courier, you're, you know, on Instagram kind of talking about these issues that are so important and they make people feel so, heard and understood and like they have a role model they can look up to um what is it i guess that changed it for you where you felt hey i don't want to tell people this or i want to hide this um to wait this is something we should really be proud about and yeah. are proud of and uh and talk about and celebrate and try to teach other people i think is is what i see Oh, thank you for asking that question. That's a that's a really thoughtful question. Yeah, I think like moving to Vancouver um and knowing that the there were stereotypes on indigenous people and youth that that kind of stuck with me a little bit. And I have like like people would assume that I was Asian and I wouldn't really like correct them on that. So yeah, I feel like the transition kind of started when I would go to powwows and I would listen to the music again and the beat of the drum and the the voices and going home and really like seeing the elders in their 80s and being like, wow, like if I want to learn something, I have to start asking now. And I've learned my language from kindergarten to grade 12. Oh, wow. So, you know, when you move to the city, you're not really talking like shoe swap to anybody else. Yeah. And if you do, it's really, it's a cool experience. I've, I've had it happen a few times. So like, yeah, coming to the city in... And now I feel more comfortable in my own skin. And I do believe it's because when I started working at Van City Credit Union, the first thing they would ask is like, what is a healthy community to you? And it's something they ask you each year and you have to put out, what does it mean to you? Or, And the other question is, what are you doing to create a healthy community? Oh, nice. And those were two questions that honestly stick through my head. And this has been almost 10 years ago wow. since I've been working at Van City. And like, so for listeners, if, if they don't know, if they're not in Vancouver or even Canada, um, maybe just describe, because Van City is, is a co-op banking. So maybe just a little tidbit on that. Oh, yeah. Yes. So yeah. it's a, a credit union. Okay. Yep. And um, we're all members. Um, totally different than banks. Uh, the one thing I, I love about it is they give money back to the community mm -hmm. um, and the small businesses that they support um, and the grants they give out for the local food banks or the local like farmers markets is really cool because mm -hmm. like we need people to give back to the community and like 
And you often see whenever I go to an event, whether it's an author or an activist or somebody, you know, coming to give a speech or show a documentary, often I find it's put on by Man City. Yeah. <laughs> and so you're like, wow, they, they're actually, you know, they, they do stick to their mandate and their kind yeah. of their slogan or their branding, which is good to hear that they, yeah. they ask you as well. Yeah. They, they like let me take over on, um, indigenous day which is june 21st and it's mm -hmm. the same day as skateboarding and so i thought you know like let's get indigenous skateboarders out and ask them what it means to them and like asking us questions like what does indigenous day mean to you why is it important and you know like where are you from even a lot of people would think i was from Kelowna, so you know like i'd even agree with them yeah <laughs> you know yeah yeah but um now I'm like telling people and, and it feels good. Like mm -hmm. I even went back to the sweat lodge, um, and did like, you know, just, I took 10 weeks off of work to do a healing journey on my own. Um, yeah. And I feel like this past year I've been my strongest. Um, I lost my sister Tracy in February 2019 and that is where it really hit me to like you know go back to the sweat lodge and do the healing that we were taught um go into ceremonies and use sage as a a way to like you know bless yourself and and there is so much to you know culture for healing and I mean, there's a there's a really cool organization. I'm sure you've heard of them. Patrick, I forget his last name. He he runs Culture Saves Lives in the downtown east side. Okay. So they address you know a lot of um, issues with with you know substance use disorder and and the opioid overdose deaths and just he he keeps saying you know culture saves lives and we have to allow people to have arts programs. We have to allow people to you know have a have a home first and. Yeah be part of their community and not feel ostracized or kicked out or mm -hmm. any type of trauma, whether it was bullying or from childhood or anything, it, it'll, it sticks within you in mm -hmm. your nervous system. And, and, yeah. you know, throughout your, your whole life, if you never address it, it, it will continue to kind of rear its ugly head in, in odd ways. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's incredible to, to go and, and say, you know, this is a tool I have at my, you know, at your hands that you can, you can use. Yeah. So do you, your mom, is she still, does she still work in, in, uh, as a principal or? No, uh, my, they're both, well, my mom is retired now. Nice. Um, but she still is very active in her community. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. And can I ask how your sister died? She passed away. Um, like uh, an accidental overdose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's really important to know what kind of pills the doctor is giving you and how it's going to react with other things, even like cough syrup or Benadryl nightcaps mm -hmm. or something like that. You know, like that was the whole thing with me going back into my culture, though, was going to a doctor and, and saying, Hey, you know, like I can't sleep. And like, I just, I'm like depressed. Basically I'm grieving. Yeah. What can you do for me? And they were like, well, here's some antidepressants and here's some sleeping pills. 
and asking me if I know about melatonin and, you know, just like Mm. that was one of the things where I was like, okay, Western culture or Western medicine is definitely not helping anyone because like you look at the side effects after and I was like, geez, like, okay, you know, like I need to, to know and do, and like, you know, growing up, I've been to a lot of funerals, um, with, you know, growing up in a community of residential school survivors. Mm -hmm. Um, my dad's part of the 60 scoop. My mom, they, you know, they did the, the school system, their parents did. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it all, I've seen my share of things and, but also had a very good upbringing of this is culture and this is why it's important. Wonderful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I've written about, you know, in terms of addiction and, and a lot of the journalism I've done on, on this crisis is mm-hmm. that we are seeing a lot of people say, you know, Hey, what we did was maybe a little bit too much of a bandaid. Anytime you're grieving or anytime things aren't, they always say when your needs aren't being met. So whether that's food or shelter or connection or community or family or, you know, safety, Mm -hmm. we, we have a natural tendency to feel negative (laughs) and for them to not recognize that is, you know, it's, or maybe they do, but they just are so lost because all they're taught is, you know, here's something that we've seen in clinical studies that has helped. I mean, like within the, the, my time off, um, and it was even like the healing part was was still every day, you know, like listening to my auntie and she's in her 80s. And, you know, she went, went through the nursing system and was a nurse her whole life. Very smart lady. Wow. And so like, you know, having to talk to her on the phone and ask her like, how was it back then to how is it now? And having someone to compare is what's happening now working. Um, and that was the whole thing with me was when I started looking at the, we'll say like a crisis of Mm -hmm. the alcoholism, the drugs, the suicide deaths on the reserves, knowing that indigenous youth are the fastest growing youth in Canada and saying like, Hey, who's listening to them? Mm -hmm. And, you know, even the statistics of like indigenous youth committing suicide at such young ages, um, really like breaks my heart. That was me saying, Hey, you know, like on my last couple of days, like I'm going back to work, I'm writing down in my journal, like what I've learned and what I want to do. Um, and one of those was like, I want to get a skate park on every reserve, so these young kids don't have to hitchhike an hour and a half to two yeah. hours, um, especially being a 14-year-old girl. Of course. Um, and then saying, like, you know, I want the next generation to love who they are, where they come from, um, the language they speak, the cultures they're being taught, but maybe they're not quite listening because they're into video games. or Those were things that I came out and I was like, I really want, you know, like if that girl or that boy had someone tell them they were proud of them. And I was like, that what a world of a difference it would make if there was Mm -hmm. like more people being compassionate or like understanding. You know, 
yes, maybe, you know, the indigenous youth, if they're playing their, their video games or whatever it is they're doing, I think a lot of, and, you know, for your story too, and myself as well, is that in that stage of adolescence, everybody wants to push away mm-hmm. from their, you know, their, their family. Yeah. And, you know, that, cause it's part of the evolutionary stage of now let's see if I can go interact with some other people. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I find that if you have a role model and you have somebody who is saying, Hey, this is important. You always come back to that when you're older, once you've done the independent stuff. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> and you always, you know, as long as you have, you know, so leading, I guess, by example is probably the best. If they're not interested now, eventually they'll come yeah. around. It's always like planting that seed, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, yeah, because you're right. There's so much. When you're a teenager, you're just trying to fit in, mm-hmm. you know, and we've all been there. So, like, you know, a lot of this year has really been like me meditating for my first time um i had a crazy goal to read like a book a week and like awesome. write songs um i've been learning to play my drum um and the songs that i've learned when i was a little kid so i feel like it's still within us like who we are but you know there's things that just like you know people will say a certain thing to you call you a certain thing that will stick with you and until you're ready to let that all go is like when like i've i feel like the best i've ever been and i feel like that's why nations was so natural and it came about naturally describe nations um what it is and how it came together and uh anything else you want to say so nations is an organization a non-for-profit that came about through um, a Granville Island talk I did. And we were talking about um, social change. And we had some really awesome people on the panel. I did it with Everett. He works for New Line, is their community builder there, I believe. Um, Joe Buffalo, um, Chris and Evelyn. So we had, we covered a lot of, people to talk about what's going on you know the topics of mental health came up and it was really incredible to have like john rattray there because we were kind of on the same page of we both lost our sister we both used skateboarding as that band-aid as that like going out and just focusing on that, um, taking your mind off of everything that's going on right now so i was lucky enough to do that and from that, um, I got a call from Fort St. John and they wanted us to go up to Fort St. John to do something like that for the indigenous youth. And I was like, okay, just let me call some people up. And, and we had a meeting at my house. So it was Joe Buffalo, Adam, George, Destin, and Tristan Henry. And we came up with a name, Nations. And we went up to Fort St. John and there was about 44 kids there. And we gave them all sage and like talked about our culture, talked about how they're the future leaders um, and how it's important for them to be proud of who they are and where they come from. We did skateboard lessons every day um, from grade four till six, I believe, or five till seven. So who was it that brought you guys up there? 
um, the, the school s- district or yeah. So Cole Andrews worked with, um, school district 60. Okay. And they had us come up there, um, in the middle of winter. Oh, wow. Um, and it was really cold, but I mean, to see these kids be so shy and then love skateboarding by the end of it. And they opened up and it was nice to hear from like the teachers and the counselor who was there that was like, wow, I've never seen this. I never seen them like that before or laugh like that before. Um, so even for me, like I could tell that there was a big difference in like, you know, it was amazing to hear them kind of come out and tell us things that I was like, wow, you know, this is, they opened up pretty deep. Um, Wonderful. So from that, we posted a video. We did a, started an Instagram called Nations Skate Youth. Awesome. And, um, so we did a video and we were getting calls from like Northwest territories. Um, Williams Lake, they wanted to do skate lessons up there. Um, we're, we're actually going to Calgary in the end of July. Um, awesome. to do like nations. So like, you know, we're just, it's, it's neat to go back to our own communities. Um, and have this message because like you know joe buffalo has a really great successful story um tristan's going back to school to be a youth counselor oh wow Um, and you know like having adam and dustin and you know like all of us we all skateboard we're all such a good good mix together and it works of course and it's natural and um, yeah, so I feel like we had some good feedback and people just want us to, to come. And- so I'm sure obviously COVID-19 has, yeah. has affected the ability to gather. Is there, I, I, you see, like, have you been given notice that you will again be able to gather kind of, is that going to affect it coming up or? I know that, um, even with an event that, um, where it's in the talks up in Whistler, um, you know, just having that proper channel of like going through the city or going through like a youth center, mm-hmm. um, and definitely like, yeah, keeping the distance. Um, but I feel like it's something important. If kids are going to go to the skate park anyway, they're going to yeah. go. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I know that Joe, Joe was the one that set up the Calgary trip, which okay. is pretty amazing. Um, because that's the whole thing with nations is like, you know, I kind of want all of them to have something lined up and, you know, that's the team. Nice um, vibe. So, yeah, just basically going through the city, going through the community itself. Um, you know, having that build that like connection with the friendship centers in each community. Um, because I'll share with you, um, no matter what town you go into in, in Canada, there's always going to be a friendship center. Um, for indigenous people to go to, um, they can go there and get their resume ready. Um, you know, go and ask for support. They'll give you like all like the daycares, the native housing, 
So it's quite, it's a place where like I'll usually want to go to and then you see what events are going on. Um, so like I feel making that connection and, you know, it is such a community thing working with schools even like mm-hmm. I think with COVID-19, they are going to be stoked to have nations like come and just and be there because really we just want to inspire them and like we all got a great story and it's like we're all doing our best to like just yeah be indigenous skateboarders like Mm -hmm. because back when I grew up there wasn't that many you know so you have um that coming up in July um and then yeah I guess you're kind of having to see if schools will even start in the fall right yeah to be able to if it's through schools yeah so I know that well okay our last word with the north of 60 district they wanted to incorporate skateboarding in their curriculum after our oh, visit wow. and they were like you know we are happy to spread the word to other school districts about this program yeah. um so now all of a sudden our trip <laughs> became like a program and oh, wow. um you know i think with our message and like the whole COVID 19 you know we all are in agreement that kids need this mm-hmm. and I do feel like it's different. Skateboarding is so much different than any other sport because we're not like touching the same ball. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, and if you're going to go to escape, like I felt like a lot of the kids, you know, having asked, like asking them, like, are you comfortable with me holding your hand while you try this or things like that? You know, like I feel like it's a confidence building thing and i feel like the two hours that we do spend with them is like goes by so quick it is also a really interesting thing too because we do have to stay healthy and you have to be outdoors and they're you know especially for kids because Mm -hmm. they have so much energy and they need to get it out and Mm -hmm. you know if they want to even currently right now or even in the earlier stages they want to go into their backyard and take their skateboard they can You know, they can, that's something, it's a skill that you give to them. And another thing, I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this about, you know, how do you get kids out of trouble or to stay out of trouble? You give them something to do. Yeah. (laughs) So to me, it's funny that, you know, skateboarding was seen as this, you know, don't let them get involved in that. It's graffiti and gangs or whatever the parents (laughs) used to say. But the idea that it, it, it actually takes people out of trouble which is an interesting thing yeah the the stories that i've heard throughout my life is amazing and like thank you skateboarding like really for you know i've seen people do total 180s and just straighten their life back up and like you know you look at them and you'd never known that they were in a rough patch like and where skateboarding made them come back so yeah yeah. that's really incredible so i guess we could finish up here because we've taken so much of your time um if you have anything you want to add or say or i think that it's great that you're bringing awareness to all sorts of issues um you know like even getting this out there and having people listen to like why it's important that our youth need like you say, role models, because I, when I was young, I'd never think that I would ever be a role model or someone who would 
want to do you know like mm-hmm. i just i needed a role model mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of, of a thing course. so like just to be able to do my own thing um is great and to tell and share people yeah. share with people thank Wonderful. you for listening of course yeah being a voice in the community it's just it's really nice to to see you passionate and care and, and, and not only, you know, in speaking, but just in leading by example and going and doing what you enjoy every day and mm-hmm. encouraging others to do the same and, and finding peace in that. It's, yeah, it's awesome. So thank you for coming on. Amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs>